Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Please enjoy our Bible 101 series as we explore Genesis through Revelation. Also, listen to our roundtable discussions as myself, Greg Ross, and Eric Feeman talk about the major theological discussions of the Bible. Also, enjoy some of our interviews and apostolic apologetic series. We thank you so much for listening. Please let us know what you think by emailing BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That's B-I-B-L-E-T-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E-29 at gmail.com. And also leave a comment to let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Bible 101. I'm here today continuing our lessons on the Apostles' Doctrine. This is lesson number three. In the last lesson, we talked about repentance. This week, we're going to be talking about baptism in Jesus' name. So let's read Acts 2.38 again. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we're going to focus... Uh, this time on his words, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. First of all, what is baptism? The Greek word for baptism means to make whelmed, that is, fully wet. It also means to fully immerse or dunk or dip in water. So, by definition, this completely demolishes the Presbyterian doctrine of sprinkling and any doctrine of sprinkling. Uh, the Catholic Church also, some of them, uh, sprinkle infants in baptism. But I want you to notice how Jesus was baptized. Matthew chapter 3 and verses 13 through 17, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Here's another translation, the New English translation of Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. After Jesus was baptized, just as he was coming up out of the water. So notice the phrase, coming up out of the water. This clearly tells us that he was not sprinkled with water. He went completely under the water. Jesus is our uh, he is our example. Obviously, he taught us how to live. He taught us how to walk. Uh, he taught us how to overcome temptation. And he also taught us how to be baptized. Now, if baptism is not important, why did Jesus submit to baptism? Uh, if if it's not important to be fully immersed in water, why was Jesus fully immersed in water? Some things to think about. So, we need to understand that um Repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the unfilling of the Holy Ghost helps us fulfill the message of the gospel. So first, let's identify what the message of the gospel is. Paul said the gospel message is how we're saved. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
Paul also wrote in Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 8 through 9, telling us there is only one gospel. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Okay, so there's only one gospel. And we're told that if we preach any other gospel than what the apostles preach, we're going to be cursed. All right, so what is the gospel? Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4. This gives us the definition of the gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So the gospel basically consists of these three points, that Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again. So the message of salvation must be the gospel plan. How does Acts 2.38 fulfill the gospel plan then? Okay, number one, repentance. Remember, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Repentance is a type of death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay, so repentance is if you remember me describing it in the last lesson, if you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to the Apostles' Doctrine lesson number two. But it's to do an about face. It's to change your direction. It's to stop sinning. In other words, it's to put sin to death. And here Paul in Romans 6 and 6 said, our old man is crucified with him. Who? Obviously, Jesus Christ. Our old man's crucified with Christ. That's a type of repentance. You're putting your flesh to death. Go back also and listen to our lesson on the tabernacle plan to understand how uh, in typology the brazen altar was a type of Jesus' death on the cross, but also our death. You can read in the book of Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So repentance is a type of death. Now let's talk about baptism, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Notice that we are buried with him by baptism into death. When we bury the dead, we don't just sprinkle them with dirt. They are completely covered in dirt. So since baptism is a type of Jesus' burial, why does it make sense to only sprinkle someone and call it baptism? Not only does that contradict the word baptize, which literally means to fully immerse in water, dunk or dip, but it also fails the logic test when you consider this verse of scripture, that we're buried with him by baptism into death. Okay, and number three, the Holy Ghost is a type of the resurrection. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. 
The Spirit in this verse is talking about the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost that is mentioned in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and we'll talk more about this later in a, in a future lesson. So let's uh, identify with Jesus' burial by being baptized. That's how we identify with it. You might ask, well, what is the purpose of baptism? Okay, let's go back to Acts 2.38 and read it again. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. The Greek word for means so that you may obtain. So it could be translated, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that you may obtain remission, or that word remission also means forgiveness, remission or forgiveness of sins. Some people would try to argue that the Greek word ice, uh, you pronounce it like that, ice, actually means because you have already obtained. And this argument's very popular nowadays with people that do not believe that baptism is essential for salvation. And even some people that do believe you should be baptized would argue this point. But my uh, argument with this, without getting real in-depth into the Greek, is just simply saying Please show me a translation that reflects that uh, because you have already obtained it. Show me just one translation. Let, watch this. I'm going to take time to read from many different translations, and I want to show you that none of them translate this because you have already obtained. Watch this. The NIV, Acts 2.38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Here's the ESV. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. The HCSB. Uh, I understand the CSB is the new translation, the new version of this, but the HCSB read it this way, Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In ESB, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The New English translation, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The New Living Translation, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So hopefully I've established that fact. It's a poor argument. There's not a major English translation that I have ever read that uh, that is a serious translation that would translate this as because you have already obtained forgiveness of sins. Okay, so what does remission of sins mean? Remember, the word remission uh, is often translated as forgiveness in modern versions. Remission of sins speaks of the washing away of sins. For proof of this, Paul in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4 described it as burying our sins and being buried with him together in, by baptism into death. Uh, but also notice this, it's found elsewhere as well. Acts 22 verse 16, Paul's telling his testimony. He says, Ananias tells him this, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Here again, we see the washing away of sins is associated with baptism. Now, notice the phrase, wash away thy sins. Baptism washes away your sins. That alone should tell you it is essential for salvation. 
for the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins. Uh, also, wash away thy sins, okay? However, just in case there is still a question in your mind, let's go systematically through the New Testament and see what Jesus and the apostles preached about baptism, okay? So let's look into some of these. Matthew chapter 3 and uh, verse number 13 through 15. This is describing the baptism of Jesus. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered, Answering, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So notice this. It says, Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now Jesus was not baptized for remission of sins. He didn't have any sin. Hebrews 4.15 For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. But even though Jesus had no sin, he still submitted himself to baptism because he is our example. And notice what he said. Uh, We must do this to fulfill all righteousness. Okay. Number two. Not only was he baptized, Jesus also preached that baptism is essential for salvation. Read in Mark chapter 16, verse number 16, the words of Jesus, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now notice what Jesus did not say. He did not say, He that believeth shall be saved. But he did say, he that believed and is baptized shall be saved. This clears up the comment that baptism is only an act of faith and that it is not essential for salvation. Because what a lot of people would say is, uh, you should be baptized as a public declaration of faith, but you're already saved before you're baptized. But what Jesus said is, he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You could also use John chapter 3, verse number 5. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in verse 3, he said, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. In verse 5, he described how you're born again, the water and the Spirit. Well, that water is associated with baptism. Uh, And in Mark chapter 16, in verse number 16, he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, Uh, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So some people may say, well, why then did he only say, he that believeth not shall be damned? He didn't say, he that believeth uh, not and is not baptized shall be damned. But the point is clear, that you must believe and be baptized in order to be saved. But those looking for a loophole will debate this because he did not say, but he that believeth and is not baptized shall not be uh, shall be damned. Um, but really the point is, if you don't believe, you're not going to be baptized. All right. And just in case that's not a good enough argument for you, let's read another uh, scripture that records the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. Okay, let's break this down. He says, go ye therefore. So he's just got through saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He says, go ye therefore, or because of this, and teach all nations. That means make disciples of all nations. He goes on to describe how you make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them. Okay, so obviously baptism is essential. It's important because what he says, when you make disciples of all nations, this is how you do it. You baptize them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We'll talk more about this later. 
So Jesus told his disciples to do two things. He told them to teach all nations, to baptize. That doesn't sound optional, does it? Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 24 at verses 45 through 47. Then he opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third, the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now remember, the same guy that wrote Luke wrote the book of Acts. And these are not two uh, separate accounts that we are to take separately. You can tie them together where Luke ends, Acts begins. And some of the last words of Jesus recorded in the book of Luke is that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Acts uh, tells us about the beginning at Jerusalem. It tells us that Peter got up. It tells us that he preached repentance. It tells us that he preached baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, so Jesus told them in Luke 24, 47, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. That's exactly what Peter did in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Okay, so let's go also to the book of Acts chapter number 10 and verses 44 through 48 just to get the context. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now in context, he's preaching to the Gentiles. This is the opening of the door to the Gentiles, okay? And we're going to speak a lot about this portion of Scripture, but right now I'm just focusing on baptism. And they of the circumcision, talking about the Jews, of course, which believe were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them. He didn't suggest it. He didn't say, you know, it'd be a good idea if when it's convenient for you to be baptized. I remember we were picking up a, a young man on our buses to bring to church, and he said, you know, I approached a certain church in the city to be baptized, and they told me that uh, they only hold baptismal services one time every few months, and then I, they'd put my name on the list, and in a few months they'd get to it. Now, I don't find that in Scripture. Here, Peter says they received the Holy Ghost, and he commands them that moment to be baptized. I don't ever find where they delayed somebody's baptism. Uh, he commanded uh, them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So notice he commanded them. That doesn't sound optional. Okay, let's go to another example of Peter preaching. We've already seen that that Jesus preached baptism. Now we're talking about Peter preached that baptism is essential. You read that in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, also in Acts chapter 10, verse 48. But let's read one of his epistles. You may say, well, that's just, uh, you know, that's the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is a history, and we're not to take it as doctored, which the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. So all Scripture is profitable for doctrine. But 1 Peter chapter 3 and verses 19 through 21, Peter writing here, he says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient once when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water, the like figure whereunto. This is 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 21. Even baptism doth also now save us. 
not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're still going to have to deal with your flesh once you're baptized. But once you're baptized, it's for the remission, for the removal of sins. And here he clearly says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, baptism also doth now save us. It doesn't get much clearer than this. All right, now let's read what Paul said about baptism. Paul clearly preached baptism. He himself was baptized, and he clearly preached baptism. You can read his account in Acts chapter 9. You can also read about him being baptized there, but watch the urgency of it. Acts chapter 22 and verses 12 through 16 to get the context. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law. Now Paul's telling his testimony here. Having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Several things to point out here. When he told him to be baptized, he said, What are you waiting for, Paul? His name was Saul then, of course. What are you waiting for, Saul? Get up. He says, arise. That means get up and be baptized. It doesn't sound optional. He says, what are you waiting for? In other words, this is an urgent matter, Saul. Get up and be baptized. That's how you wash away your sins and you call on the name of the Lord when you do it. We'll talk more about this in a minute. All right. Paul preached baptism. Not only was he baptized, he also preached it. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, uh, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, something I want to point out here, notice that Paul asked them two questions. First of all, did you get the Holy Ghost when you believed? Second of all, or since you believed, and some translate that as when you believed, doesn't really matter how you translate that, the point still stands that um, it's not just enough to believe. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost all right, And then it says, uh, also the second question was, he said, unto what then were you baptized? So again, it doesn't sound like baptism is just something optional and not really all that important. Paul's two questions. First, did you get the Holy Ghost? Secondly, how were you baptized? And when they, and now listen, let, let's make a point here, okay? This is very, very important. Uh, because some people would say, well, you know, baptism is just kind of a ritualistic thing. All right, but watch what happens here. So Paul uh, asked him, unto what then were you baptized? They said, we were baptized by John. Now remember, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And Jesus himself said, there was none greater born of woman than John the Baptist. Now that's pretty high praise coming from Jesus. But even though they were baptized by John the Baptist himself, Paul told them to get re-baptized. And how were they re-baptized? Verse 5, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so it's very clear here. Paul believed baptism was very 
very important. Okay, um, now I'm not going to be too much longer in this lesson. Let's cover one more thing. How should we be baptized? So if, if you're telling me baptism's essential, you're telling me it's important. By the way, I could give you more scriptures than this. Um, but there's at least 18 New Testament scriptures that speak about baptism, and I don't have time to get into all of them. But uh, this, this is something worth discussing, uh, the fact that some people, uh, for instance, let me just use this, the Catholic Church teaches that you receive the Holy Spirit upon baptism, and they baptized infants. Some of them sprinkle. Some of them actually dunk the baby in water. Um, but they, they teach you receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. Now, there's a lot of problems with this. Number one, never do we ever find the apostles baptizing an infant. We don't ever find them sprinkling anybody. So that destroys infant baptism and baptism by sprinkling, okay? And also, Paul's two questions show us that you don't just get the Holy Ghost at the point you get baptized, because Paul said, uh, uh, the first question he asked here in Acts chapter 19, have you received the Holy Ghost? And the next question was, unto what then were ye baptized? Clearly showing us that Holy Ghost and baptism are two separate events, okay? But... Uh, Another example would be in Acts chapter number 10, they had received the Holy Ghost and Peter told them, you still need to be baptized. Okay, so clearly, again, two separate events. And there's a lot of other scriptures. Then I'm not going to go exhaustively into that, but I just thought I'd point that out on the side here just in case there's somebody that might have a question about that practice. All right, so how should we be baptized? Let's talk about this. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And by the way, if you're wondering, well, why are you putting so much emphasis on what the apostles did. Please go and see our roundtable discussion that I did with Brother Eric Feeman on the apostles' doctrine. It's very enlightening on the subject. tells us why we need to focus so much on what the apostles preached and taught. Um, the Bible says we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. A couple things in that verse tells us very clearly they were in agreement with what they taught. The, the foundation of the apostles and prophets is built upon Jesus Christ. Christ being the chief cornerstone. All right. So Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we've read it many times. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts chapter 10, verse number 48, and when the Holy Ghost is poured out upon the Gentiles, Peter commands them. Uh, Acts 10 and 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Okay. So what's the name of the Lord? Obviously, it's Jesus. Okay? Now, Paul preached baptism in Jesus' name in Acts chapter 19, verse number 5. Again, we've already read it, so I'm just going to read this one verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, in Acts chapter 8, we're told that Philip baptized in, in Jesus' name. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with him, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. All right, let's skip down here a little bit, and uh, let's read verse number uh, 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Skipping down to verse 16. For, uh, uh, sorry, verse. let's go to verse 15. Um, 
Yes, actually 14. Let's, let's back up just so we can get the whole context here. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Also, Ananias preached baptism in Jesus' name. So we've already seen Peter preached it, Paul preached it, Philip preached it, Ananias preached it. All right? Paul telling his testimony in Acts 22, verse 16, he said, For, uh, sorry, uh, and now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. We've already established the fact the name of the Lord is Jesus. Also, Number five, there is no record of anyone in the New Testament being baptized any other way than in the name of the Lord Jesus. Number six, the purpose of baptism is to bury our sins, or as Paul said, to be buried with him. Who's him? Jesus. Who was buried? Jesus was buried. Okay, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If baptism is a type of burial with Jesus, doesn't it make sense to be baptized in the name of Jesus? After all, it's with him that we identify in baptism. Let's read more scriptural proof in the epistles. Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So notice again, into Christ. Romans 6 and 3, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So once again, into Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Baptism includes both word, the invoking of the name of the Lord Jesus, and deed the act of baptism. So obviously we need to do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, another scripture so strong for this is Acts 4 and verses 10 through 12. Be it known unto you all, this is Peter preaching by the way, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. In context, he's talking about the healing of the lame man. Uh, and then he goes on to say, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Okay, so the question must be asked, and I'm going to close with this. What about Matthew 28, 19? First of all, think context. Uh, in verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All right, so he says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Then verse 19, Go you therefore, or go because of this, and teach all nations. Again, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them. How? In the name, singular, of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. First of all, we need to notice verse 18, All power is given unto me. Also, if Jesus has all power, uh, and it's been given unto him, he says, go because I have all power and baptize uh, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them or teach all nations, baptizing them in the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. John 5, 43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. Okay, and uh, we have that very clear here. Also, uh, in John chapter number uh, uh, 14, uh, Jesus says this, uh, when he says, uh, Philip saith unto him, 
Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? So in, in John 5, 43, he clearly identified that he's come in his Father's name, which the name Jesus means Jehovah salvation, or Jehovah has become salvation. All right, Jehovah, the name of the Old Testament God. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the particulars of that. But Jesus clearly said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he verified the fact uh, that in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and my Father are one. Um, and then the Jews clearly understood what he meant by that statement because they picked up stones to stone him after that. You can read that verses 31 through 33 of John 10. All right. Um, so and then again in Isaiah 9 and 6, by prophecy, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, this is clearly a prophecy about Jesus, by the way, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Okay, the everlasting Father. So it's identified as 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 Jesus. The everlasting Father is Jesus. Uh, I've already explained this. He's God in flesh. Uh, God dwelt in the man, Christ Jesus. He manifested the Father unto us. And if you you're going to see God, you're going to see Him in the face of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, "I and my Father are one." And we've talked about this quite a bit in other lessons. So I'm not going to get too in depth into this. Okay, so the name of the Father is clearly Jesus. He said, I'm coming my Father's name. We all know the name of the Son is Jesus. What is the name of the Holy Ghost? John 14, 26, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name. What name does he come in? He comes in the name of Jesus. All right, so that tells us the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Nobody would argue with the fact that the name singular uh, of the Son is Jesus. So if it's a singular name, it must also be the same name that is the name of the Father and of the Holy Ghost. All right, we'll discuss this more in depth in future lessons. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this Bible 101 episode. Please leave a comment to let us know what you think. Also email BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That is B-I-B-L-E-T-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E-29 at gmail.com to leave us comments, questions, or maybe ideas for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening.